Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach to aspiring and experienced changemakers and creator of the Becoming the Change Life Coaching Program, a program designed to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well-being. If you are on a mission to make the world a better place, then you are in the right place. Wherever you are on your changemaker journey, just starting out or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, hello. I'm very excited you're here. Today we're going to talk about a awesome topic, seven steps to overcome your overwhelm. (laughs) And I'm coming to you again from the beautiful Irish countryside. It is nice and gorgeous and beautiful outside. You might hear some birds in the background too, possibly. So last week we started to dive into this topic. We talked about what overwhelm is. So overwhelm, we all know, is that feeling of being buried beneath a huge mass of something or drowning underneath a huge mass of something, right? So that something might be your to-do list or everything you need to get done at work or the demands of parenthood or for a lot of us, possibly buried under the state of the world and the knowledge that you have of everything that needs to change to make this world a more just place. And you know, to address the climate crisis. And honestly, your overwhelm is probably a combination of all those things I just listed. (laughs) So last week we talked about the root causes of overwhelm, the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs, the actions that are keeping you overwhelmed and how it's affecting your life. And we discussed why your brain might choose, that's right, choose to be overwhelmed sometimes. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I really want to encourage you to go check that out for kind of the foundations of this conversation. And then today we're going to move forward. We're going to be talking about seven steps to overcome your overwhelm. So these are seven steps to help you address those root causes so that you can move forward (laughs) and enjoy your life more, right? Step out of the overwhelm, step out of the procrastination, step out of the self-doubt and begin to actually get stuff done and move towards what you want to create in life and the change that you want to create in the world while enjoying it. So this, what we're going to be discussing today is all about living a more balanced life, right? Balancing work and relationships and self-care and your impact work, all of those things. Step number one really builds on what we talked about last week. Number one, identify the thoughts and beliefs that are keeping you overwhelmed. So like I said before, we choose to be overwhelmed for a reason. Your brain often defaults to this state for a reason. And even though it does not feel good to be overwhelmed, it is often a feeling that we're used to, and it helps us to stay in our comfort zone because it stops us from taking action. And so again, you don't need to beat yourself up if you are experiencing overwhelm 
because it's totally understandable. It's one of the ways that our brain keeps us safe. So there's no need for judgment here. We want to come to these questions that will help us to identify the thoughts and beliefs that are keeping us overwhelmed from a place of curiosity and self-compassion. I mentioned these two questions last week, but I'm going to mention them again here in case you didn't take the time to, uh, you know, reflect on this. So one was, what am I getting from this overwhelm? And the second was, how is my overwhelm allowing me to stay in my comfort zone? So to give you a personal example about this, launching this very podcast that you are listening to right now, I put it off for so long and I told myself that it was because there's all these components and I don't know how to launch a podcast. I don't know how to like record the audio and, and, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I don't have time to do that right now. And all these things that I was telling myself and just feeling and staying in that feeling of overwhelm. Instead of taking the little actions I needed to take or creating a plan to actually make the podcast a reality. And when I got really honest with myself and asked myself, what am I getting from this overwhelm? It was by staying overwhelmed, I didn't have to confront the fear of putting myself out there, putting myself out for possible criticism from others, right? And having to learn all these new things and apply them to create this podcast. I'm going to be talking about some stuff (laughs) in this podcast, um, not this episode as much, but in future episodes that, that is controversial, you know, um, the climate crisis, anti-racism, white supremacy culture, all of these things, like, I feel like in some of these episodes, I'm going to be putting a target on my back for criticism and that's okay because it is incredibly important for me to chat about these things and it is worth it and it is necessary for us to move forward as a culture. However, it also creates a lot of fear for me. And so by staying stuck in my overwhelm and in like kind of like learning mode, you know, like, oh, let me research this and this and this and this, like in order to figure out how to have the most effective podcast by doing all those things, I was really just allowing myself to stay in that comfort zone, stay in overwhelm. All right. So next step, step number two, get clear on your priorities. This is so important in life, in living a life where you are pushing the envelope, growing, growing into your full potential, priorities coaching. So freaking important. So priorities are the things in your life that you value the most, the things that take precedence in your life. Why you focus on what you focus on. So if like without priorities. Well, okay. All right. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the real thing. We all have priorities, whether those priorities are unconscious or conscious. That's, that's the question, right? We can identify what priorities we're currently operating under. And again, there's no right or wrong priorities, but sometimes there are unconscious or conscious priorities, right? 
whenever you are asking yourself those questions in step one, for example, you might have realized that you are prioritizing a sense of comfort or a sense of safety over taking action, right? And actually making a difference in the world. And that's okay, guys. Those are like basic needs, like comfort and a sense of safety. Those are really important, you know? And so if those are your top priorities, like that is cool. I'm not, there's again, no wrong or right priorities, but it is really important that we bring awareness to our priorities if we want to change something in our lives or change something on a larger society level right? It's also really interesting when we start doing this priority work to begin to notice or think about the priorities and you could say the motivators behind other things outside of ourselves, right? So whether it's another person or a company or a government or or whatnot. Anyway, I digress. Okay. I like to think of priorities or kind of, kind of divide priorities into two things, core priorities and my current top priorities. So core priorities are things that are so ingrained within you that they're really who you are. You don't need to like try and focus on these things you already do. So for example, for me, one of my core priorities is my relationship with my, my new husband. Let's see, what is today? We have been married for just over two months now. And our relationship is a core priority for me. So I don't need to focus on making sure that I make time for him or, or time to connect with him. Like, like I just do it, you know, it's, it's just a core priority. Also for me now, like self care is a core priority. It wasn't always. <laughs> oh gosh. I wish that twenties Eva had that priority, but she unfortunately did not. And her health reflected that. But that self-care is now a core priority for me. And so I know that I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself in order to show up as my best self for the world. Top priorities, though, are things that we don't focus on just naturally, but we want to. So our top priorities are priorities that are going to take us in the direction that we want to evolve in or that we want to grow in, right? So for example, um, a top priority for me right now is my is an aspect of my business, which is making money. Like I do not focus on making money. And that has caused me to not have as profitable of a business as I would like to have. I don't care at all about being rich. I do care though that I'm supporting myself in such a way that I can continue to focus on my business and continue to deliver really valuable information to you and our community, right? And, and in order to do that, in order to be able to spend that time creating and delivering that value, I got to support myself, right? So one of my top priorities right now is figuring out how to make money and support myself in my business. Core priorities and top priorities. I think it's great if you want to take a moment to identify what are your current core priorities and what are your current top priorities. So again, priorities might be something such as mental health, relationship, your contribution to the world, 
maybe making money, you know, all of these different things, growing in your career, whatnot. These are all examples of priorities. And again, there are no right priorities or wrong priorities. It's whatever feels good to you. And I want to encourage you to focus on three top priorities. If we put everything on our priorities list, then you're just still overwhelmed, right? Because you still don't have a focus. So put those three top priorities in order and know that as you evolve and as you grow and as a person, your priorities will also change. So I like to revisit my priorities work like every, I don't know, maybe six months or so, you know, and what you'll find too is that eventually, like I mentioned before, Eva in her 20s did not take care of herself, right? Self-care was not a priority, but because I hit like some major health issues and some major burnout, I did start to prioritize self-care and now it has become a core priority, right? So eventually, usually our top priorities become our core priorities. And then we can focus on some other top priorities. All right, priorities work, so important. I dive deeper into this in my uh, life coaching program, Becoming the Change, but that is a really good kind of like nutshell thing to get you going there. All right, step three, get clear on your mission. So this is all about identifying what I call your North Star or your personal mission statement. And it is the change that you want to see in the world and the change that you want to create in the world. So I have a whole process inside of the Becoming the Change program to help you like really dig into your story, your unique skills, all of this, and what you're passionate about to help you identify your North Star. But to get you started today, you can ask yourself some questions. So what world do you want to live in? What change do you want to see in the world and what change do you want to be a part of creating? Your North Star is like this one sentence that is absolutely <laughs> your motivation, your inspiration, something that you are so passionate about creating. And when you have this North Star, it gives you direction in your life, right? You're working towards that North Star. It kind of becomes like your compass. And it helps you to be more decisive. And we're gonna talk about being decisive in step four. But basically, when you have a really clear North Star, it's much easier to assess an opportunity and say, okay, this opportunity does not get me closer to my North Star, so it is a no, period. Somebody else can do it. Maybe it aligns with somebody else's North Star. They can take that on. If an opportunity does align with your North Star and does get you closer to that North Star, creating that change that you want to see in the world, then it is a yes, right? So it helps you to be much more decisive. So moving on, step number four, <laughs> step number four, how to overcome overwhelm, be decisive, be more decisive. Last week, I mentioned how 
decisiveness is a muscle that we need to practice. And so you gotta get your reps in. So we can start with the small things. <laughs> uh, one thing that just came to mind was like ordering from a restaurant menu. I remember I used to like sit looking at a menu and I would be so overwhelmed and I would just be like, I can't decide, I can't decide. Like I would say that to myself, say that to my friends, whoever I was with. I would read the menu and then like wait till the very last minute. Like I would make everybody else at the table order before me. And then at the very last moment, I would just like make a decision. It sounds so silly now, but if we can practice being decisive in those small moments that don't have the big consequences tied to them, right? Like I should not have been stressing so much over what I'm gonna order at a restaurant, but I was, and that's okay. So we can start with those little things and start to practice being more decisive. When it comes to the big decision, I find that having a clear decision-making process is really helpful for me. And so I have developed that for myself um, over time. And, and it's a process that I share with my clients. And actually, I, I'll for sure make a podcast episode about this soon because I think it can be really, really helpful. I check in with four four things. When I'm making decisions, I check in with my mind or my intellect. I check in with my body and notice what sensations I'm feeling, particularly like if some if a decision feels expansive or, or do I feel a sense of contraction, for example. I also check in with my emotions, with my heart to see how I'm feeling about the decision. And lastly, I check in with my intuition or some people might call this my inner voice, right? My inner knowing. And so I have a process for kind of asking and inquiring of each of these parts of myself for guidance. I'll, um, yeah, I'll share that with you in another podcast episode. I'll, I'll make sure that we cover that really soon. And another thing that really helps us to be more decisive is to release control. <laughs> so releasing the feeling that we need to control everything or that we even can control the outcome, right? We think we have so much control in our lives. We think that we can control the outcomes of our decisions, but so often we can't. And so by letting go of that, we make it much more easy for ourselves to make decisions. And also letting go of the the need to consider every little thing. Because again, that's just not realistic. Like we don't know like every little intricacy of the outcome, right? If we make this decision, what will option A lead to or what will option B lead to, right? And so we can let go of that pressure. Something that I often say to myself is, there is no wrong decision here because I trust my future self to make the best of whatever decision I make. And okay, obviously, sometimes there is a wrong decision, right? So like if the decision is going to cause bodily harm to somebody or something like obviously, right? I'm not talking about stuff like that. Um, but for a lot of decisions, there's, like I said, there is no wrong option. Like we can trust our future selves to make the best of whatever we decide and trust our current selves to make the best decision. So 
decisiveness, I talked about this a bit last week, but decisiveness really helps us to build self-trust. The decisions of your past self have created the reality that you live in today. When we think about that, when we think about our past decisions, we can second guess ourselves or we can trust that our past self made the best decision with the information that she had at the time. And I really like to give myself, my past self, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those things. There's no need to beat her up. There's no need to um, have any judgment around her decisions. I can instead pivot now. If I realize that like, oh, I wish I had decided this or that or that, whatever. Like I can pivot now. I can make a different decision today. And so I can trust my current self again to make decisions based on the knowledge that I have now. And I can trust that my future self will be able to make the best of whatever decision that I have made. Self-trust, so important, but I will move on. All right, step number five, plan with self-awareness. And when I'm talking about planning here, I mean like planning out your week, right? Scheduling out your week. This step was huge for me and like literally revolutionized my life for the better and how has like allowed me to show up for myself, my family, my community, you in a much more consistent way. And I've been having an absolute blast doing it. Planning with self-awareness has, has just been, I can't overstate the amount of difference this has made in my life. And so I started thinking differently about planning like the way that I plan out my week. Um, when I, I came across uh, Sam Laura Brown, she has this process called power planning that was really great for me. And I kind of like evolved my planning process from that. So this is not working from a to-do list. Um, we work from a calendar and it's also not time blocking. So I don't know if you're familiar with uh, time blocking. It's like, okay, from eight to 10 on Mondays, I am going to work on X, Y, or Z thing. So I'll, I'll just use like an example from my business, right? So from eight to nine on Mondays, I'm going to work on podcast show notes, or I'm going to work on emails, or I'm going to work on this or that, right? Um, it's still really ambiguous. And time blocking, I tried it. I tried it many times. It just never really stuck or really worked for me. Also working from a to-do list is like the perfect recipe for overwhelm because you're just looking at this list of things to do. They're not prioritized. You don't know where to start. It's this huge list. Like to-do lists also just really did not work for, for me. I felt like every time I like checked one thing off the to-do list, I was like putting two more things on, right? <laughs> it worked like in spurts, but it never worked consistently. So we go in depth into what I now call impact planning in my Becoming the Change program. And I want to give you to a, a little overview today so that you can get started with this. Basically, what I do is I first, like at the beginning of the week or, or once a week, it doesn't have to be at the beginning of the week, whenever you want to do your planning, I identify exactly what I want to get done that week. And 
I want to encourage you, if you're just starting out on this, to not overextend yourself, to be realistic, to consider all of your other obligations. <laughs> and, and we can do that by being really intentional about how we plan this. So if you have what I call an impact plan, which is like your plan to reach your North Star, if you have an impact plan, then if you've developed that, then you know what goes on your your calendar each week, right? But if you don't have that, then you can like think of your priorities, think of what you know what we've discussed so far. So your priorities, think of like what do you really want to get done? What will get you towards your north star this week, right? And break those tasks down write them out, break them down, estimate the amount of time that each task is going to take. And then if you're just starting on this, please like multiply that time by like three or four, because I always find that something takes, a task will take way more time than I think it's going to take. And there is something to be said for giving yourself a certain amount of time and then like really challenging yourself to get it done in that amount of time. Um, and that can be great, but I find that especially like when I'm starting out with a new type of task. So for example, like these podcast tasks, or I remember when I was just a new architect start starting out, I really underestimated the time that it was going to take for me to do certain things. And the principal who, you know, he had been at this he had been an architect, a designer for decades, you know, maybe like 50 years. And he told me like, yeah, take whatever amount of time you think some design task is going to take and then multiply it by four. And then maybe by the time you're my age, you can multiply it by two. <laughs> and I thought that that was really fun. So yeah, you'll get better at estimating the amount of time that things are going to take you as you go along. But when you're starting out, really give yourself like quite a bit of buffer time and <laughs> plan for things to take a lot longer than you think they're going to take. So you want to put all of your commitments on your calendar, right? Like the amount of time that like maybe you are spending at a job or an event or another meeting or calls with friends, like plan all those things out in your calendar first and then put those impact steps. You could call them the things that are going to get to your North star, start to put those tasks in and actually put them on your calendar so that you know exactly when you're going to get them done and then commit to that when the time rolls around for you to get it done, get it done. And oh my gosh, the amount of self-trust that this way of planning builds and the amount of follow through is just amazing. And you can tweak as you go, right? So the, the point here is not to be absolutely militant with yourself, but tweak things, right? So if something took longer than you thought it was going to take, like tweak it, or if it takes less time, tweak it in your calendar so that you start to understand yourself a bit better, how long things take you. Also, if you're feeling super unmotivated one day, like take note of that. Or if your energy is really lacking at a certain time of day, take note of that, you know, like use your calendar to get to know yourself better. And really be honest with yourself about why, if you decide not to follow through, 
why are you not following through, right? Also, another part of this, so we have like your, your weekly planning at the top of your week and then your weekly review at the end of the week. And so during my weekly review, I ask myself some questions to identify what's working, what's not working, and how I want to shift my planning in the future to accommodate for the new awareness that I've developed that week. And another really cool thing that you can do with this planning process, something that that I've added in from my Ayurveda background is considering your unique cycles. So your personal cycles, such as your energy cycles, your menstrual cycle, your motivation, your mood, your highs and your lows, starting to identify or starting to put those things or, or taking those into consideration when you're planning out your week, your month, your year. Because yeah, we have cycles that are daily, right? So our energy levels tend to kind of fluctuate in a somewhat um, consistent way throughout the day and also throughout the month. So for example, I tend to be pretty low energy like the day before my period starts in that first day. And I sometimes will have some cramps. And so I like to leave myself either kind of like a, a float day or, or just like make my work a lot lighter that particular week because I know that I might need to be taking more time off than usual and I can be flexible with myself because of that. Um, I also know that if I have a big event, like if I'm hosting a big workshop or a speaking event or like a vacation or something, like, like after a high typically comes a low for me. It's, it's like our body likes to like, <laughs> if we go really high, then to balance that out, we go really low before coming back to homeostasis. And I know I'm not the only one that this happens to, like a lot of my friends and clients, you know, have expressed this as well. And when they start developing an awareness around, around it, they're just like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. This is so helpful. But yeah, so I can plan for those low days after I have like a big high or big event or something. So I consider that too, when I'm planning out um, my week. We have those daily cycles, the monthly cycles, the lows and the highs. There's also seasonal cycles, right? The cycles in nature that we can start to take into effect, or sorry, take into consideration when we're considering how we are planning out our lives. And Ayurveda, like I mentioned before, has really, really helped me with this because one of the first things that you do when you're um, working with an Ayurvedic counselor like me is you'll identify your unique personal constitution. And with that comes the, your tendencies, like the way that your energy tends to flow and things like that. Right. And we also talk about environmental influences and develop a lot of awareness around what those environmental factors or how those environmental factors might also play into our levels of energy or our levels of motivation and things like that. So anyway, this planning process that I have just kind of outlined for you here, not only is it like the key, I feel like the key to like 
follow through, but also it really helps you to develop, to develop more awareness about yourself because you are planning intentionally and then you are looking back and reviewing and noticing what happened the week before, the month before. And so it's this positive feedback loop of self-awareness that helps you to just become more and more smart about the way that you work, right? It's great. Uh, It's been revolutionary for me. So I hope that that's really helpful for you too. All right. Step number six to help you overcome overwhelm. These last two are a lot shorter. Step number six, accept that you're only one person. You are only one person and you can only get so much done in a week. (laughs) I feel like I, like I have to tell myself that it's like the most simple statement, but I have to say it to myself all the time because I find myself wanting to get more and more done and feeling like, oh, I need to figure out how to be like more productive and more productive and more productive. And that is just not sustainable. So the mindset that I try to instead instill in myself is that I am in this for the long haul. Personally, my North Star is something that I will be working towards for the rest of my life. I am in this for the long haul and I need to take care of myself now so that I can continue to care for others and the planet over the course of my entire lifetime. Next, something that also helps with that, like accepting that you're only one person. (laughs) Step number seven, connect to community. So when I was chatting a bit about the change maker mindset in episodes three and four, I talked about zooming out and how helpful it can be for us to connect to the wider movement. So maybe that is the the wider movement to combat climate change or the wider movement to um, dismantle white supremacy or the wider movement to ensure equal opportunities for women, right? Whatever your wider movement is, whatever your North, North Star is pointing you towards, connecting to the wider movement and to the wider community is huge because, like I mentioned before, a lot of times we feel overwhelmed because we feel the weight of the world is on our shoulders, right? Like there's so much to do, but when we zoom out and connect to community, we realize it's not just on our shoulders. There are so many other people virtually, sometimes physically as we march through the streets, carrying that on their shoulders too. We are carrying it together. It is shared. Zooming out and connecting to community is so, so important, I, I believe preview, I'm going to be focused more on that, like how to create community within this this little community that we have right here, the Happy Me, Happy Earth blog and podcast. And my work with the Becoming the Change program is going to be evolving into more of a community eventually. It's going to take me some time, guys, but I'm working on it. And in the meantime, there are so many organizations. Just do a little Google search. Search on Facebook, wherever you connect with others. Um, And if it's in person, too, even better. Like when you can actually see these people face to face, 
oh, there's just nothing like, like that, like in-person human connection, right? Like we're so used to being online and online is wonderful. Like it's so great, especially for people who are in a more isolated place or in a small community where they're surrounded by people who do not think the way that they do, right? Who are maybe do not have progressive thoughts. This is coming from somebody who grew up in a, a border state. So yeah, when we don't have those people around us, like online can be excellent. But if you can connect to somebody in person, that's, you know, just, just that much more powerful. So guys, those are my seven steps to overcome overwhelm. I hope this has been really, really helpful for you. I was really excited to share this episode because these things have really revolutionized my life. And I just do not deal with overwhelm at nearly the level that I used to, even though it is something that I struggled with hardcore when I was younger. So I hope that this is really helpful for you. Put these things into practice and please let me know how it goes. If you have any feedback about this, you can email me at hello at theevapeterson.com. All right, guys, it has started to rain. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. Oh man, it was such a beautiful sunny day. Luckily, I got out for a walk earlier this morning, but um, yeah, typical Irish weather. It is now completely gray outside and it is raining. I hope that you found this podcast really, really helpful and I will chat with you in the next episode. Ciao, ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your changemaker journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide and other goodies on my website at happymehappyearth.com. It's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.